Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs! My name is Sky, and I'm joined with my brother Dusty. Dusty, has God ever given you a minigun? <laughs> Didn't expect that question. No, yes, he actually has. I'm just kidding. No, that, yes, that was a, that was good. Now, how about you? Did you have a escort to get you to your your uh, your child's you know your one of your son's birthday or sorry when he was born? Yes, absolutely I did. And you knew you were in the car with me. We just sped <laughs> 80 miles an hour down the streets of Fresno to get to Clovis Community, right? Yes. Oh my sure, God. man. Yeah. You know, I'm really, these kinds of movies, they do that a lot. They do a lot of those fake outs. And this movie did it twice with, you think they're on a high speed chase, chasing the bad guys. Nah, this is the grandson's getting born. You think that Mike died. Nah, it's the wedding and everything seems somber than happy. I really dislike fake outs. It's like they're they're saying that you as an audience you're stupid. Let me let me try to trick you. And it's not even a good trick. I mean they're trying to a good trick would be um sixth sense. That's a good like wow, you literally had me. Like what I should have thought but I didn't. This is so not that. In the very beginning when they were driving the car and it looks like they're being chased and he's going backwards and all this silly stuff. I'm just like it just doesn't feel right. And when you see what actually happened, I'm like, oh, that was just, that was corny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was a bad way to start the movie. I tried to go into this movie just expecting a Bruckheimer movie and expecting wild and crazy action and a story that doesn't make sense. But I was going to be okay with it because the action is so good and the comedy is there. And that that beginning scene just, uh, it bummed me out seeing that. And I don't think I recovered for the rest of the movie. Uh-huh, that's a good point. Yeah, because as I was watching it, I I, I was fairly entertained through it. I, I thought there was some good comedy. I really like Martin Lawrence. He's very, very funny. Um, I it, it, just in watching the whole movie, it was entertaining, but it did send me off in like, a, man, you think I'm stupid. Like, it, it's just it didn't. And then, like you said, when it's supposed to be like, hey, he's actually dead. They're all looking somber. Then they're happy. I'm like, come on. Like, that's just you're just trying to. Uh, but yeah, it throughout is. the whole movie. Um, there were some funny parts. There were some good parts, but at the same time, I was kind of like, eh. But all, all in all, um, Bad Boys Three. What do you think between one, two, and three? What are your thoughts and in, in like the caliber of movie and which one's better than the other? You know, I really don't remember one and two all that much at all. So just based on what I vaguely remember, it's got to be in descending order from one, two, and three is my guess. I would say so. Um, I I watched one a long time ago, so I haven't watched it. I'm kind of toying with the idea of going back and watching again, but this movie didn't make me want to this, do I that. Know. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought if I love this, I'm going to go back and watch one and two because they're on Netflix right now. No. They, they're on Netflix right now? Yeah. Maybe I'll just skim through it. Maybe I'll just hit the, half, <laughs> the fast forward button ready. But um, I, I like Will Smith. But here's what's funny. Will Smith's like 50 years old. Now, uh, what's he's I think he's older than 50 now. But being 50 years old, I love how, you know, you have Martin Lawrence actually, you know, painting on the Coco, Coco uh, Brown or whatever you know, on his beard. I, I I would be doing that to you with <laughs> your yep. great beard. But um, yep. I like how they played that up. And they, you know, played up in him being old. But what's interesting, I started thinking about this. When Will Smith was younger, when he was like the new cop, like the the um, ammo, that group of ammo uh, 
people. He would have um, been perfect on ammo 30 years ago, huh? He at 30 years ago, he'd be perfect. And he'd be looking at a 50 year old or 52 year old being like, shoot, I'll, I'm a fool, I'll, I'll smack you or something like that. Like well, it, we had that exactly in a uh, men in black with Tommy Lee Jones, that, that exact scenario right there. You're hundred percent right. And now the, you know, tables turned, but you still have Will Smith's character, uh, Mike, uh, Lowry, Mike Lowry's character still being the, like, you gotta say it like Martin Lawrence, Mike Lowry, Mike Lowry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but like none of those kids, because they're not the number one actor or the, 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 the character, which is interesting at the very end, we see that he's bringing his son on being part of the, you know, bad boys idea. But like these, these ammo new, these two uh, new guys in ammo, they could literally, I think should be able to, if it was them being the main character, they take out the 50 year old dude. But now because Mike Lauer, anyways, it's just the storytelling aspect because we're so fond of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence because we've, you know, bad boys is, this is bad boys three. So they're still like the top bad boys. But if it was a other foot was a, and the storytelling was different, like what each one of those guys would literally take out um, Will Smith. And it's and interesting how Mac Lowry's 50 plus years old now should be literally retiring, but he's taking on doing all that sort of stuff. Now I'm not saying that's completely unrealistic, but no, I am. It's actually really unrealistic <laughs> for a 52 year old to be doing all this stuff. And that's my first thought was like, why are these guys not lieutenants now or sergeants or lieutenants? Like detective is not that high. Like we might think, cause we don't know anything about, police work and all that sort of stuff. Detective is actually, oh, I'm a detective. No, there are lots of detectives. There's fewer sergeants and fewer lieutenants. So the lieutenant's actually a really big positions right below captain or like assistant. All that to say, why in the world are they still just beating the streets? Because they're bad boys for life. I'm like, well, dude, I'm I'm getting old and I'm not going to be doing that anymore. What, what are your thoughts about that? I agree with you 100%. You'd figure by now they would be smart enough to start moving up the chain. Um, Joey Pants's character, was he a captain? Yes, he was captain. A captain, okay. I loved his character, by the way. But yeah, you're right. So there's captain and lieutenant and, and commander and that kind of stuff below him. You're right. They should have been something up the chain. Just like in um, Lethal Weapon 3 might have been. They were eventually given uh, captain's badges. I can't remember, you know. But yeah, they should have moved up. But I guess, like you said, they're bad boys for life. But you got to figure most people get out of that hole. I really like the line that Martin Lawrence said, what do you want your legacy to be? Muscle shirts and a body count, something like that. And most people, by the time they're 30, 35, they're kind of out of that scene. You know what I mean? Their they're rough and tumble 20s are over with and now they're ready to move on. But for whatever reason, Mike Lowry, maybe it was his 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 history with that Mexican woman that soured him and it just turned him in, and I guess kept him a bad boy for life, you know, and he just brought Marcus with him, I guess. It, yeah, it seems like it. But then again, you would think Marcus, you know, being a family man, he'd be like, you know, it's time for me to move on. But, you know, it doesn't help the story. But here's what I'm really, uh, it gets me. Did you know detectives make millions of dollars a year? They can have a Porsche. <laughs> they can have this penthouse that's on the top of everything. Everything's amazing. We had the nicest freaking place in Miami. My goodness. I guess outside of the city, but still beautiful view right there. That's going to be at least like a $1 million for that place. Now, I get it. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have kids, which that does cost a lot of money when you got to provide for that stuff. But yeah. nowhere near do you make any amount of money that could afford that. So I'm just like, this is so absolutely unrealistic. Now, it should be like Loaded Weapon. Loaded weapon where they're literally on the beach inside of a uh, uh, like an airstream. Like that should be his because number one, he's a loner. Number two, obviously he's he's probably if it were possible, he's up to his eyeballs in debt. And he's he's just trying to do everything he can to pay for everything. 
Yeah, or everybody at the department doesn't question it because they're detectives in Miami. They have access to a lot of uh, contraband money and drugs, and maybe he's skimming off the top and taking stuff from the evidence locker and selling it on the streets. We don't see that bad side to Mike Lowry. Lowry, maybe. <laughs> Lowry. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I, I I did like how there wasn't – now, in this movie, there were some other things that, that came up that was like, ah, oh, why do you got to put stuff in that – like. I, I like that they did not put too much like racist type stuff in there. Um, like, you know, this race or that race, like black versus white or anything like that. I did like that they didn't put too much, but they had a few things in there that was kind of like, oh, come on, just just leave all that stuff out. Like, we don't really need to have like, okay, all you rich white people stay here. I'm like, dude, you're living in a penthouse that is like yeah. the best penthouse. Like, okay, rich black person. I'm like, leave it alone. Like, we're just all normal human beings. Let's just all be fine and, and just be accepting of everybody. Yep. For the most part, they left uh, political correctness out, although the ammo team was very nicely diverse, two women and two men. Um, uh, uh, and then eventually you get Mike in, a, a black guy in ammo, too. I mean, now they hit their quota for diversity. <laughs> <in ammo. laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> and the female being the leader, the, the lieutenant being the captain, not saying that's bad. Oh, I got to say this. Now, everybody knows me. If you listen to this, I'm not a social justice warrior. In fact, I'm pro- probably the opposite of that. But um I was watching a the football game recently, and there was a uh, it was going along the line. It was a um, ad for a TV show that was coming out, and it was a woman that's going to be a captain of a police station. I'm like, that's fine. There's plenty of women that are captain, but it was disrespecting every single male captain. Like they had pictures along the wall, and she's walking down the hallway, so it's slow and dramatic. Glasses falling down. It's supposed to be really cinematography wise and really pretty, but. They has pictures of the previous captains along. It's it's men. And it's like literally destroying their pictures all the way just to get her. I'm like, why do you got to denigrate something to get? I mean, it just, that'd be like, what, what if a man was doing that, walking down the aisles and then women's pictures are split? It's just, why do you got to denigrate to build somebody up? I just don't like that personally. I agree with you there. There's so much of that going on in Hollywood right now. Every single TV show, every single movie that you watch, uh, just full of diversity, man. And they're just they're just really pushing that agenda right well, there. And it does I, get annoying. I, I'm not so much I, I'm the diversity, yeah, I I completely I, I understand it and I'm not so much against it. It's the denigrating of the other side. Hmm. It's just like that's just wrong. Like if it were the other way around, the shoe was on the other foot. Like if there was two white guys driving in a car down the beach and say, all right, you rich, uh, rich black people, they'd be like, oh, that's racist. I'm like, it should be evil playing field for everybody. Let's just make sure everybody's, you know, let's build everybody up rather than tearing people down. I agree with you there. So let's, uh, we can go into a lot of negative things on this movie. I want to talk about my favorite scene and uh, it was their plane flight from Miami to Mexico, talking about the witch, screwing the witch, seating across from each other, moving seats with that guy. Just absolutely loved it. Uh, Martin Lawrence just shined in his whole comic persona right there in that scene. You screwed a witch without a condom? <laughs> you know, it's, I, I absolutely loved it. Laughed my butt off at the scene. Best scene in the movie, even though there was no action in it. I... I, I, so it wasn't my favorite scene, but comedic wise, absolutely. I just loved that whole interplay. You're right. Martin Lawrence. I mean, he's hilarious. He is a very, very funny actor. I love seeing him movies and, and Will Smith, like the way that they play on the different personalities and stuff. It's terrific. They're both great actors and they're both very fun, funny as well. That was brilliant. I love that. It's just Martin Lewis, Lawrence, not having, um, 
Well, obviously making Mike feel completely embarrassed and everything. It's, it's yes. so, so brilliant. And yeah, like, you, would you screw a witch if you didn't have a condom? You're like, no, I wouldn't. Like, this is a very, very <laughs> I like, No, I wouldn't. Good. He would not, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely um, so, loved it. Uh, yeah. So I, I let's talk because uh, we'll get to the grade of the movie that would give it. But I want to talk some about some good things because there were some good things, some negative things that um, it could have been without. But in all, I think the movie was really entertaining. I was entertained throughout a lot of it. There were some things that kind of took me out, but wasn't too bad. Um, one of my favorite ones was actually the because anytime you get Martin Lawrence and Will Smith acting together, it's 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 like magic. They're really good together. When they're separate, it's it's you know it's, it's their own. But I love the motorcycle scene where they are driving and he's in the third part, the third part, the third uh, compartment that, or second compartment that had the dog in it. Dog gets out and he gets in there and he's driving around. He's all, and he actually get puts Martin Lawrence underneath a semi and he goes, Oh, pulls out and he's like, Oh, my bad. He goes, Yes, you're bad. <laughs> it's like that, that. And then, you know, breaking off and all that sort of stuff, even though it wasn't the most like realistic. It was fun. It was rather fun yeah. to watch that whole interplay. And then the helicopter and blowing up and then shooting at it and saving Will Smith or, or Mike Lowry. All that was really, really fun. Yeah. And then Mike Lowry comes to the realization that this guy trying to kill him is potentially his son or at least knows that woman that from the prior life, you know. Um, so I, I enjoyed that scene very much, too. And I also liked how we kind of mentioned it earlier, how, you know, they're bad boys for life. They're not making promotions. They're not really... I growing, I guess you could say, but I do like how Marcus did put his foot down and said, you know, I am going to retire. It doesn't matter that you, you know, that you have this thing going on. This is not the way we should be living, not the way I should live with my family, with my grandson. Now I've got to make a change. And so he put his foot down. I really like that aspect. And I like how Will Smith's character uh, uh, fought against it, right? we're bad boys for life. We're brothers. How can you like uh, desert me like this? That kind of attitude. It, it totally made sense for the movie. I I absolutely agree with that. I liked that scene. Like it's it's the, the daughter's wedding, and he's like, "Mike, we got to do this now." So like, yeah, we got to do it now. And I liked that whole scene. I think it was enough to really get the point across, but not too much. Where it was like beating a dead horse. Um, but you're right. When um, uh, Martin Lawrence's what's it? What's this? It's Mike and what was Martin Lawrence's? Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Well, Marcus like literally puts his foot down. No. Like after he's pleading with him, he's like. No. And I'm like, good. That's absolutely what needs to happen. But obviously when the captain dies, Marcus is like, no, dude, we got to, we got to take care. Like, this is something we can need to take care of before that. Okay. But I'm, I completely agree. Now, what do you think about the story, the plot that he, <laughs> Mike has a love child with a witch and this love child's come back to kill him. What do you think about that whole plot? Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that the child did not know Mike was, uh, the father that he thought he brought down his father. And so that's why he would kill him. Um, and I liked how also he didn't know the reason why I leave him for last. So he killed him up front. Like he was the biggest threat. It totally made sense story-wise. And from this assassin's perspective, this guy's the biggest threat. The other guys are lard asses and they're not going to do anything. This guy's an actual cop right now. He's the one to take out first. Screw what my mom says. I love that. Just So the overall story, what happened in it, I did enjoy. And I thought they had a pretty good plot, even though a lot of elements throughout didn't feel right and didn't jive with me. Still overall, good story. I, I think so too. I did enjoy that. And it definitely threw me for a twist. I was like, Oh, that's his son. Like you mm -hmm. never would have saw that coming because we don't have any foreshadow of any of that. So we didn't know. So it's not something that, that it seemed like they were trying to trick us. It was just like, Oh, a twist in the story, which is rather interesting. I did like 
the the change of destinations. You know me, I like in storytelling, if they go to another destination, it feels like a culmination of something. Let's move on to something. Else. It just feels like this progression in a movie. I like that. And when they finally go to Mexico, you know, New Mexico City, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, it's 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 really getting real estate going after her and and all that sort of stuff. I thought that whole progressing was really, really fun. So the storytelling aspect wasn't too bad, or at least the the plot of the story and everything as it went about. I thought it was really good. Now, the thought of having ammo, I thought the, the group of ammo was rather fun. That was a good addition because it's it's um, reining in Mike a little bit and helping Marcus at the same time. And it's seeing how you're bringing things together with other people outside. It just brought a new variance into it. So I like the addition of ammo um, and I like the characters in it. I thought it was rather fun interchange between all of them. But like I said, any one of those two guys or either one of those two guys in ammo could literally have taken out Will Smith or, you know, uh, Mar- uh, Mike Lowry, in my opinion, because a 52 year old dude fighting a 28 year old that's just on top of his game. I'm like, eh, I don't think it would happen. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure not. Um, one thing that that was that threw me for a loop there. Oh, you're Captain Heiner. I just now see you on the video. I'm Detective. You're my boss. What the? <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So if you're watching YouTube, Sky, he always has really good ideas. Of I, I just put my name on there. So in the YouTube at the bottom corner, it actually has our names, or we can put our names so you can see who's talking. And Sky always put something good on there, like he put on Detective Heiner. I'm like, I'm gonna one up him or three up him. I'm Captain. <laughs> what should I say? No. Detective Matsuhashi. I'm, I'm Captain Heiner, so I three up yep. him. Yep, yep, you did, you did. Um, one thing, so occasionally when a movie does something like those, uh, like the fake outs I mentioned earlier, another thing was it felt really weird. Uh, the assassins, right after he kills the captain, he wants to shoot Mike Lowry, but then there's an innocent woman in there, and he's all, I can't kill innocents. And that felt really off. This guy's obviously, they're a Mexican cartel. They got to be running drugs. They don't care about people using drugs and then ruining their lives and their family's lives and their friends' lives and all that stuff. You don't care about innocence when you run a Mexican drug cartel. So that obviously felt hinky. And then at the very end, you see why they did that. He lived at the end. And so now he can kind of be redeemed because he doesn't want to kill innocents. He just kills people who deserve it. Uh, and so now we can use him in the next movie. It's kind of like in the Fast and Furious franchise, how they got a uh, uh, Jason Statham. Now he's a good guy part of it, you know? That's how he can be redeemed. And now we can go on with ammo and with the sun now leading the bad boys charge and bad boys five or three, three, four. I mean, four. whatever. Yes. So I guess now that you say it, I didn't see it this way. I thought that he was looking at trying to kill um, Mike Lowry. And even though that person was in the way, he was thinking about his mom. Like she said, don't do it. And he was holding back. But now that you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe it was like he wanted to shoot, but she was in the way. If it were that case, like, because we don't know exact motivation why he didn't shoot. I thought it was because he was still thinking about his mom. His mom said, don't disobey me again. Don't shoot him. Um, I thought that's what it was. So it could be either one because we don't completely know. But yeah, well, I could see. He said the words, no innocence. I don't oh, kill Oh, he innocence. did say. He said, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. I had no idea. Okay, I didn't get that. Um, yeah, which is different than the witch. She's she'll kill anybody. Like she is literally okay with killing every single person. So she didn't teach him very well, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was in jail the whole time. He must have been raised by uncles and aunts or something, you know. Yeah. But raised with the idea that you are the heir to this empire, whatever you might want to call it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that. So now that you say that, I didn't catch that, but yeah, that does make sense. And with him being a redeeming factor. Now, I I just, 
I want to jump right to the end where you have Mike Lowry come and say, hey, you want a job to get you cut out here sooner? I'm just like, dude, this dude just killed a judge. This dude killed uh, this, like, uh, uh, killed so many people. He should literally get the death penalty. I don't care how good he might be and what he might do. He should literally get the death penalty. So that's at that point, I'm like, oh, crap, this is such a stupid. Like, I'm not going to watch part four because somebody who's killed a judge, somebody's killed a prosecutor, somebody's killed a forensic person, somebody's tried to kill the cop, like all these. He should literally get the death penalty. There's no way he should get anything else other than that. I don't care how good he might pretend to be. So for me, every single movie beyond this is is off limits. I got you. I got you. But you still watched Hobbs and Shaw and future uh, Fast and Furious movies after we knew that Jason Statham's character killed Han. I mean, Han was the greatest, right? He killed our yeah. guy. So I, I, I know what you're saying <laughs> right there. And that's what's going to happen in, in, in Bad Boys Part 4. They're going to completely ignore that. He's going to do something really good, and now he's going to be released from prison or maybe just escape. But now he's his own solo A team or something, right, uh, helping the world and other people. That's what's going to happen. They're just going to gloss over that he killed a judge and uh, all those others. Yeah. So I get it. I'm going to be hypocritical and say I watched The Fast and Furious mostly because <laughs> you love it. And I'm like, okay, I'll go watch it too. Yeah. Um, but this one, I'm going to put my foot down and say, dude, <laughs> this guy, absolutely. I'm not going to watch part. Plus, part three was just. Oh, I'm going to go to the grade. My grade is a, because I enjoyed it, and I, but I will never watch it again. Remember, we try to stay away from the C's. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a D plus because I'm never going to watch it again, but I was entertained. It's almost, I, I would skip past the C and maybe give it a B minus because I, I did, I was entertained, but giving it a B means like I am actually recommending it, but I don't, I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't tell anybody, Hey, you should watch it. So it cuts it down to a B plus. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I sorry, D, D plus. plus. Yes. Yep. I'm right there with you. D plus as well. It was entertaining. I would only recommend it to people who watched the first two movies and loved them. If you love those characters and love the antics they get into, you're going to like this one as well. But just like you said, I'm never going to watch it again, guaranteed. And it has soured me to part four. I highly doubt I'll be checking that one out. So uh, let's go in and get to some lessons before, before uh, you know, before we go on and just talk about the movie forever. So my first lesson is make smart mating decisions, right? Don't bone witches. Don't bone warlocks. Stay away from demons and succubuses, right? Like make good decisions. Choose somebody who you can have children with and then happily raise them together. No witches, basically. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yep. I wholeheartedly agree. That's absolutely it's something that you you what, what kind of what kind of spawn are you gonna have if you're mating with a witch? Like especially <laughs> would you use a condom sky if you're <laughs> Yes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yep, That's yep. A, a great, great lesson. So my lesson really comes down from the mom should have said, you know what? Even though I think the bullet for Mike Lowry is um what what did she say? It was um uh, mercy to him or something like it was, it was basically a good way out for him rather than, you know, making him think about it and like, no, he's a threat. You literally kill the threat right away because he could come back and do whatever he wants. I don't care if you think you have everything locked up. You don't, obviously she didn't. So he should be the first, like the first threat, take that threat out the most. Like the judge is the last threat. There's nobody going to like the judge is going to come after you. Mike Lowry, Mike Lowry, bad boys. He's going to come after you. So she should have just taken him out. 
Absolutely. The son had the right idea in going after him first. And my second lesson goes right along with yours, right? My second lesson is don't let hate or anger cloud your judgment. So it was great at that scene after Mike got shot and he wanted to go after the people. He said, they filled me full of holes. And then and then Mark, Martin Lawrence, Marcus said, you're feeling filling them with hate. And that clouds your judgment, right? You start making terrible decisions. Her hate for uh, Mike led to the same thing, right? Look, I want him to see everyone who's dying. I want him to know what's coming. And then he dies. No, no, no. Like you said, it's going to clue him into what's going on. Now he's going to come after you. That's my second lesson. That's a great, great point. And I had the same thought was, um, but it's a little different. I want to say, listen to the people that are close to you who are trying to tell you the right way that they see because they're outside. They don't, they're not so bought in. Even though Marcus was bought in, he can see the big picture, whereas us or me or you or whoever is in the thick of it, that we are like like Mike Lowry. He was in it. He should have made the right decision to do something else or to, to let ammo take over. He should have. Done, but obviously, we know through the story, it plays out to where it worked out for him. But you need to listen to the people around you, even if it's taking a step back, because um, Marcus was literally telling him, no, you need to stop. Like this is I am not doing it. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it on your own. But you need to listen to the people around you that are telling even um, his ex-girlfriend. Uh, I can't remember the lieutenant. She became captain. She was telling him, don't do this. This is So you need to be humble and be able to listen to the people around you. That's right. The people around you, they have perspective where you might be so zoned in and sucked in that you can't see uh, the things that they see. Is that your second lesson? Yes, that's my second lesson. Cool beans. My third one is always have an escape plan. And I've had this lesson before in prior movies, but I really liked how my guess, if you think about that bad guy, Suelo, right? The one that they took and in the van and everything, um, when, when they pulled up with guns on him, he automatically just jumped over the rail, landed on that scaffolding and flew away, right? You could tell with his lifestyle, everywhere he goes, he's probably looking for the exits and making a plan. You know, if they come at me here, there's probably not going to be anybody down on the ground. I'm just going to jump to the ground, you know, so always have that escape plan. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you actually apply that or do you plan on applying that? I do it quite often, not all the time. Denise and I went to dinner. Uh, we went to lunch yesterday, and I purposely chose the seat with my back to the wall so that I could see what was going on. And I didn't think to myself, um, oh, I can grab this this uh, salt shaker and use it as a weapon. I didn't go that far, but I did at least have my back to the wall or, yeah, so that I could see what's coming at me just in case um, Psycho Hose Beast or Witch comes after me, you know? That's a great point. It's So I've been doing that for so long, just finding the seat that is my back to the wall where I know there's nothing coming at me. I've been doing that so long. That's literally inherent inside of me. Like that's my first thing. And Melissa knows Dustin, he, he puts his back to the wall because he's protecting me. I don't need to worry because he's got it. And it's just such in so ingrained in me now coming up with like, okay, there's a pencil. I could use that to stab somebody like John Wick. I don't haven't gone that far, but I always carry my, my 45 uh, concealed carry uh, pistol with me. So I'm always at least protecting my family. That's the reason why I carry is because it gives me just that one little bit extra of uh, actually a lot of extra ability to get my family away. That's the, my whole thing. I'm not there to be the hero. If I can help, I'm absolutely gonna do it. But my number one goal is my family. Cause you know what, what's going to be sad is if I pull out my pistol and we're having a standoff or something bad happens, number one, other people could sh get shot. But number two, the police that arrived, they don't know me if I'm the good guy or bad guy. So I'm always trying to use whatever I can to get my family away first. If I could then help, then that's when I help. But um, yeah, that's a great thing. You definitely need to always be doing that. 
for sure, for sure. Now, I don't have a concealed carry permit. I don't carry a gun, but I always have my smile. And that's quite <laughs> disarming for anybody who's ever approached me. So that's my that's my uh, uh, ace in the hole. And you're going to disarm him by reaching through to his heart. That's right. <laughs> that's right. My smile and my attitude is going to get into that Penetrate heart. Into right his, make him drop his gun for I sure. I did <laughs> thoroughly enjoy how that was brought in. And then they rounded it back up at the very yes. end. That was like it put a bow on it. I was like, that was good. I liked yeah. that. And, and that's a big thing. Most movies, um, not most movies, I'm sorry. I like that anytime a movie does that. We saw 1917 last week, and it started the movie with the main character, Schofield, against the tree, taking a nap. At the end of the movie, we get him going down, taking a nap, not really napping, but resting and closing his eyes against a tree once again. I just love how everything, when everything comes back around again. That's a, yes, I completely agree. So my last uh, lesson that I learned is, even though you don't need a grenade launcher, I want one. So I better have one. So I need to get a grenade launcher and keep it locked in my Porsche. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Always have it at the handy, at the ready, for sure. Yep. So I want to tell you, this ticked me off, right? It's my Monday morning quarterback. Uh, Marcus and Mike, they were going to be killed by Swellow's man, right? They were surrounding him on the motorcycles, had the guns out and everything. And then Ammo comes in and saves the day. Now, Ammo is taking fire from all of Swellow's men. Swellow escapes. They just say, screw this. Let's jump on the bike and go chase Swellow while our team is getting not ambushed, but shot out by all these guys. That ticked me off to knowing you do not leave your team behind just to go catch the bad guy when they can die, right? Especially after they just saved your lives, you know? I hated that. So that's my Monday morning. That is a fantastic point. I'm going to give you another Monday morning quarterback going right in line. Never, I don't care whatever, never bring a fake gun into a battle. Like it could eventually be dangerous. Like Mike is trying to say, why are you bringing these belt, these pellets? Like this is, oh, you can shoot as much as you want, but I'm not going to do any good. It's going to come back to bite me. Never take, never bring a knife to a gunfight. Never bring a fake gun to a gunfight. Like I just thought that was absolutely stupid because they can't fight back, especially when you know these guys are bad dudes. They're going to fight back. So. That was really stupid, but you're 100% right. Like, they, they're going to get destroyed, and you're just like, no, you can get him eventually. Let's make sure we take care of our, our team and then go after him. But, yeah, I, and, and at the same time, when they take off, the bad guys follow after, and, it, of course, it leaves them, but we don't know that's the case. We don't know what's exactly going to happen. Know. Yep. And they're chasing you now, and now you're going after Swallow, but they're yeah, it's all that combined. It's like, wow. But also, I did like this, in a sense. I, I like the thought of it, but it it doesn't play out well. They had the um, um, Marcus had the grenade. Mike pulls the pin. There's usually like I want to say like a five second delay on there. Well, he drops it. Then the guy in the motorcycle picks it up. Number one, it would probably would have exploded by then. But number two, picking it up, going eighty miles an hour, sixty miles an hour, whatever, is going to be crazy. And then. You're literally driving 60 miles an hour or faster, trying to huck that <laughs> to go another 40 feet in front of you. You're still moving. Like, it's just like this. It's going to go there and come right back at you. So <laughs> I, it was like, that's just silly. I I, I thought yeah. it was kind of, okay, that's interesting, but it was stupid. It, it Nothing would like that would ever happen. 
Yep, for sure. I agree with you there. Um, I do like, though, they use those crowd dispersal bullets. Like you said, it's a terrible idea. But it made a really funny scene when they shot him in the head, that gigantic welt, and he's touching it. I did I did <laughs> laugh at that, though. I enjoyed I, it. I'm glad you brought that up. He's like, it's calling me, Mike. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're watching on YouTube, so everybody go to YouTube channel. Six, all right, it's um, 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 the watchandlearnpodcast.com forward slash YouTube. And you just see, like, I'm – Literally is my finger like Marcus. It's calling me. It's calling. I got to touch. Yep. I love. Oh, it's, I love that. Like Austin that Powers. Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have you ever got that? That's a good question or a good thought. Have you ever done that where it's like, you know, you shouldn't do it, but you just can't. Like you can't help it. Yes. Sometimes when I see somebody with those earrings that expand their holes. Or if they have tattoos all over themselves, I kind of I want to stare to to get a to really understand what's happening there. You know, eventually, I think eventually, if I stare at it long enough, I'll kind of understand it, and it'll become a part of me. Now I know I won't see it when I look at you, but for now, because I don't get the chance to zone in on it, it's going to bug me. <laughs> Until then. I love it. There, there are times I try my best not to, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But so, sometimes I'm like, I just can't stop look. Actually, no. What I take it back. I'm not a very good liar and I don't, I, I don't think you should lie. I think lying is bad, but whenever I'm like trying to beat around the truth, the truth eventually comes out. Like I just can't say anything else, but the truth. That's just how mm-hmm. I am. I literally cannot lie. Well, what was the movie we just watched where the lady couldn't lie and she threw it up? Um, uh, knives out knives out. Yes. I'm like, I like, it's so hard for me to lie because if I keep talking, I I'll eventually get the truth out. It's just like, I just, it just, it has to come out. Yeah. But yeah, that's so funny. Like he's like, I got it. I gone. I got to do it again. I was like, Oh yep. man. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, my prop, my guess is you have the same prop that freaking Porsche 911. You, how can you beat that? I I can't think of anything better from this movie to take than that Porsche 911 in my driveway right now. I think the in fire fact, hydrant. if I had that Porsche 911, I wouldn't be on my com- on the computer with you. I'd be on my I'd be on my phone, you know, tech doing the podcast, driving around in the Porsche for sure. Guys, I think I'm gonna take the fire hydrant. That, that ding <laughs> That's right. I pull up to your house and then ding, my son opens the door and scratches it. Dang. Uh, that's a good one. That's, yeah, you're right. The Porsche. So I'm, I'm trying to think of any other thing. Now, the it does compare with the crab truck. I mean, it's pretty close. So, but you know what? I'm going to have to settle for the Porsche. Yeah, gotcha. Good, good. Crab truck just makes me think of Homer Simpson and crab juice and Dr. Pepper. Do you remember? <laughs> hey, hey, Sky, I got crab juice or Dr. Pepper. Which one do you want? Ugh, oh, disgusting. I can't. Ugh, I'll take the crab juice. <laughs> oh, such a good joke. Love that. That was uh, the episode when Homer Simpson goes to New York. The car gets uh, booted and he yep. has to drive home with the boot on. I absolutely love that. Oh, <laughs> Officer Steve. Grabowski. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Simpsons love the Simpsons. So that's your prop Uh, favorite scene. We already talked about that. Was there anything else we are neglecting to mention? I think we got it all. Okay. Um, Oh, uh, we, we, we mentioned it. The captain Joey pants plays the captain. I love that character. He's so funny. I like seeing him in every scene and I was sad to see him die, but a weird thing. Like when, when I was a big fan of the walking dead, 
I didn't like to see my favorite characters died, but I appreciated that the show was willing to do that because you're so invested in the characters. When they die, it's emotionally draining and you are you feel emotionally impacted and more connected with the story. When Joey Pants died, I was sad. I was sad to see him go. And it was obvious. Not, it wasn't obvious. They could have done a fake out and brought him back at the end of the movie. I'm really glad they didn't. But so I appreciated that he died. I was sad that it happened though. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, the first movie that really got me and we were growing up and you would remember this the first movie that did something like this that was like oh they just killed was transformers we're yep. watching transformers they're like the first five minutes they're just like hey we got to take this over here to to earth and then they die like how in the world do you kill um um iron hide iron was the very first one i, I loved iron hide like how in oh the my world? gosh and the the, the the um uh ambulance guy or no he's a police officer guy it's like how do you kill the oh and then more and then optimus prime dies what in the world happens yeah there? yeah amazing man and eventually starscream dies but all the all the real impactful deaths happened from on the autobot side early on uh, oh man it just movie. it got you like oh i got real oh this yeah. is real <laughs> yeah and that's so that's what I that's one of the things I appreciated about uh, Bad Boys 3 for life for sure. So uh, let's see. This movie was your choice next week in or in theaters this Friday. Another movie is coming out by Guy Ritchie called The Gentleman. I don't know anything about it other than it's Guy Ritchie and he writes and directs a lot of his movies. We know Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. You love Snatch. I know that at least back in the day you used to love it. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching and learning from that one. I love it. Let's do it. Um, I, I know um, uh, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Now, more than likely, he's going to have a shirt off because, I mean, he looks, he's like born to not wear a shirt. I mean, he's just absolutely phenomenal. His physique is amazing, even though he's probably like 50 years old now. But dude, dude is uh, awesome. But yeah, they got a lot of good character or actors that are in there. Guy Ritchie's really, really good. Um, I love not watching trailers. I got to tell everybody again, never watch trailers especially especially for the movies that you want to see and you know you're going to see because you know you're going to see them anyways just go watch it it's it helps you so much to appreciate the story appreciate everything because you're surprised every single step of the way now if it's a movie that you don't really like should i watch it or should i not go ahead and watch the trailer it it would help you can like ah i don't want to waste that time but if you want to watch that movie literally do not watch the trailer so i I, oh, here's the funny thing. So for Bad Boys, I was going to go for 12.45 yesterday, but I didn't. I saw that it was coming on at 12, and it was 12.05. I was like, okay, it's one coming on 12, and it's 12.05. I went ahead and bought the tickets through the online app, drove there, and still had to sit outside the theater because it's a Tuesday $5 theater. So it's they put like 27 minutes of commercials or other movies beforehand. And so I got there, literally sat outside for another five minutes, waited for it. And they eventually played. So I, I bought them after the movie started, drove there. And it was all that to say, don't watch any trailers. If you go to the movie early, sit outside so you don't see those trailers. I'm so glad that I don't do that anymore. Bo show. I 100% agree with you there, Dust. So uh, thank you, everybody, for watching if you're on YouTube or listening if you're on the podcast right now. We really do appreciate your ears and your eyeballs. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Now, we, uh, you, of course, heard everything that we thought about Bad Boys for Life. We want to hear your thoughts, especially in li- any life lessons or even a better Monday morning quarterback that you took away from it. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 84 and leave a comment right there or in this video or in the comment section below this video leave a comment there as well all righty my name was detective matsuhashi and i'm captain heiner 
And we will return next week with The Gentleman. 